Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. Hey, everybody. I'm so happy that you're giving me a small chunk of your afternoon. Larry Sharp here, host of the Sharpway Show. Very happy to be here on WYSL Rochester, W-E-N-Y-N-E-N-I, Elmira Corning, The Patriot, W-A-C-K in Newark, New York. That's the cool Newark. 585 three four six three thousand yes you can actually follow a free solution also on facebook and on youtube and get a hold of the super cool kevin wilson on mondays wednesdays and fridays and then me the also super cool larry sharp on tuesdays and thursdays um i want to touch a small piece which is new york based which is about rush limbaugh I know Rush Limbaugh passed yesterday, and he was a very big personality, very easy to love and very easy to hate, and people loved and hated him. But there's one cool thing, regardless of what you felt about Rush, everyone knows the idea, I'm sorry, not the idea, the the, the quote, you know, ditto Rush, ditto, ditto heads. That originated here, New York, a listener out of Springwater, New York, when Rush was on this station, WYSL, noon to two then, and said, Ditto, Rush. And before you know it, it was a Rush Limbaugh phenomenon. And that came out of New York. See, New York is super cool. You ask why I so much talk about New York? Because we are super cool. But I got to move on. Thank you for those of you who are Rush fans. Um, my condolences. Um, I used to listen to Rush uh, when I was in the Marine Corps in the late '80s and early '90s. So for those, so condolences to his family and to all of those who will miss him. I want to go someplace else if I can, and that is Texas. Yes, I'm going to Texas. And why would I want to go to Texas? Well, Larry, what do you care about Texas? It's a New York show. It is, but you know I'm going to bring it back to New York. Because I always do. But there is, as usual, a nuance to the story that most people aren't seeing. People are hooping and hollering saying, well, Texas failed because government. Or Texas failed because capitalism. Or Texas failed because, and here's the one reason. That's not how it works. For those of you who may not know this, every state, all their energy within a state is not run by the market or the government. It's run by a nonprofit, which is semi-government-ish. So if you're going to blame that entity, you're not blaming the market or the government. You can always blame government. But you're blaming a nonprofit entity that's supposed to be the entity that works so well. right? New York has uh, NISO, N-Y-I-S-O. I've actually forgotten what it stands for. Something like New York Independent service something or other. Um, Texas has, um, uh, is it ERCOT, something like that, 
energy something or other. Anyway, acronym, whatever they have. This is this is the acronym they have that runs everything. So if something is or isn't regulated or is or isn't dealt with, these nonprofits are the ones who actually get it done or don't get it done. That's how it actually works. Does that mean we should point the finger at them? No. There are several things that didn't go well when it came to Texas. One of them is, and what I hear everyone say is, they were fighting the federal government and they, they wanted to make sure you know, that they didn't get regulated, so it's all about deregulation. It can't be about deregulation if you weren't regulated in the first place. And of course, the other answer is, they knew this was coming. Texas broke away from the U.S. in the 1930s. Texas broke away from the U.S. when it came to energy policy in the 1930s, 90 years ago. Well, they knew that 90 years from now this was going to happen. No, they, they wanted to have their own power grid because they were a powerhouse and they could be self-sufficient. And they are. That was the goal. They weren't importing gas or energy at all back then. Now that changed. In the 60s, they began to realize, okay, maybe we need some help. So they had to create substations so they could actually bring energy into Texas when required. But there was a problem. And this is Texas's bigger problem that people aren't talking about. Texas energy and non-Texas energy is actually on a different wavelength. Now, I'm not an energy specialist. I'm sure somebody will bug me and go, that isn't the title or that isn't the word. Fine. It's different energy, meaning how it's moved, right? The wavelength is different. So you have to have a substation literally on like the border of Texas to change the wavelength of the energy so that it can work. You can lose tons of energy on this. Up to 30, 40% can be lost. That's a huge problem that Texas has. And that doesn't matter whether it's regulated or not. The point is, it doesn't match. There's a massive change that has to happen. And their nonprofit that runs it should have done that. And it didn't. That should be somehow fixed. But it's a massive fix. It's a massive overhaul. For what? For a one every 10 years issue? Maybe you should do it. But that's a problem. That has nothing to do with you know, being regulated by the government or not. So those substations are a problem. So now when Texas begins to struggle, it's not easy at all to bring in energy into Texas. They struggle. But there's something else. Texas moved towards national, uh, natural gas. Natural gas is liquefied. What's liquefied with? Water. So it freezes. Yeah, it freezes. So now Texas has something like a 50% national ga- natural gas for its energy in, in that area, about 50% give or take. It's solar and wind together is a, about 20%, if I'm not mistaken, combined, right? People only talk about the wind because the right is yelling, green energy is the entire problem. And the left yells, deregulation is the problem. Well, part of those are true. I mean, 20%, give or take, of their um, energy is wind and solar. Solar panels get covered by snow and then there's overcast, so the solar panels don't work anywhere near as good as they should. And the wind you know, mills 
the blades freeze and crack and break, and now they have to be repaired or replaced. So that's a part without question. So they had several things. Believe it or not, too much natural gas and 20% renewable. But 20% renewable by itself isn't the end of the world. But it is when you can't ship in any new energy. Yeah, it is. And it is when your national when your natural gas freezes. Yeah, it is. Now that's a problem. Now the next piece people talk about is, well, Larry, I get it. You know, the issue is their grid went down. I'm sorry. Uh, the natural gas went down. Wind and solar went down. And now they're gouging people on pricing. That is an accurate you know, issue. That's true. That's 100% true. Therein lies another problem. The local distribution companies that Texas has and how they work is a, in theory, market-based idea, which says local people with localized grids, I think there's is it two or three grids in Texas, uh, several, can give out gas. You can purchase energy as you like. You might say, Larry, that's terrible because they're gouging. Yes and no. It's good because without it, everybody's screwed. And that's what happened in New York when we had our blackout. Everybody's screwed. Eight to me New Yorkers, done, gone. With theirs, some people can get energy. The problem is they had no way of hedging their bets. This is actually a simple fix. You simply have an accounting company, a financial institution, basically bear the entire debt. What does that mean? When you have a problem like this, you make it a rule or a policy that immediately all gas or energy, sorry, all energy, is purchased by an entity that is a fiduciary. An example might be an accounting company, a, a bank, something, right? Maybe multiple banks. They will purchase it at X dollars per unit. That's it. And now it can be divvied out first come, first serve. At a at a at a increased price, but not a gouged price, because you do want the financial institutions to get paid for their work. So, if it was going to be ten cents, it's twelve cents. Not ten cents, it's four bucks. And that's what's happening now. That's a fixable situation that the nonprofits in Texas didn't do. So, the local distribution companies are taking advantage of it. And that's horrible. And they're making capitalism look terrible. They are. It's a serious problem. We can fix this in Texas. And why do I care about Texas? Because this can come to New York. I'm still not done. I will give you a bunch more when we get back. Larry Sharp, a free solution. 585-346-3000. Back after the break. Free solution. Hey, Larry Sharp back here on our free solution. Uh, follow us on Facebook or follow us on uh, YouTube. It's cool. We'd love to have you do that. Please, we're here on WYSL Rochester, W E N Y E N I L Myra Corning, The Patriot, and W A C K in Newark, New York. Yes, the cool Newark. 
I want to grab a couple of comments from the net, from the interwebs, because I know people are paying attention. We actually have some Texans who are watching. Thank you, Texans, uh, taking some time to watch. So, yes, hold on. Um, Random Task says, I think you're talking about sine waves, Larry, but I think you used the correct term. Thank you. I, um, when I do these shows live, I have to rely on my memory. I don't have someone who can do the the, the um, Googling for me. So sometimes I do use the wrong word. I appreciate that, Random. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. So here, Drew says, I'm living here in Denton County, Texas, and I only had power for about one hour every seven hours since Sunday night. A water pipe busted in my house, even though I had water running out of the taps. Ouch. That is horrible. Matthew doubles down. Water is now the issue. I just got off a conference call with folks down there. They have power and electric, but no running water. Well, this becomes the next piece I'm going to bring up, right? I talked about, you know, they have to have more substations to be able to bring more into Texas. That's piece one. That's how they could kind of solve that problem to bring more in. The substations are inefficient. The sign wave, thank you, Mr. Random Task, um, is incorrect. They've got to repair that somehow. Either be more efficient in making the change or changing the wave, either one. Also, the local distribution companies, they need to be overseen by any fiduciary, somebody or some organization that can go to jail if they cheat, right? So there's no gouging, but they make some money, but it's a stopgap to where the, the LDCs make money and the fiduciary makes money and we're not gouging Texans and they can still get power, right? And that should have been looked upon and it wasn't. But I hope we can learn from this. And I hope New York can see this coming. I'm bringing this up because New York's on the way. So we need to understand what happened in Texas so New Yorkers don't get caught with this. Because the second piece is they lost about 20% of their energy just based upon wind and solar. And about another 40 to 50% just based upon liquefied national, natural gas. Because what these Texans are talking about Freezing water is the issue. Pipes are bursting, things of that sort. They have to now be repaired. The windmills, those, I'm sorry, they're not called wind wind turbines. Uh, The wind turbines, their blades crack. They have to now be repaired. All a big deal. People say, well, Larry, why didn't they prepare for the cold? They actually did. Just not this long. A lot of parts of Texas were winterized for maybe a one-day overnight freeze. And that's about it. Because that's what always happens in Texas. You don't usually get six days of frozen ground and weather like this. You don't get that. Well, you got it this time. And they weren't ready for it. Now, the question to think to themselves is, do we have to prepare for six days of freeze again? Is this now the new norm in Texas? And if it is, yeah, you got to prep for this. But you can see how the whole state wasn't ready. By the water comments. It wasn't just energy deregulation. You got water pipes bursting. The entire state wasn't prepared for this. So it isn't just the evil deregulated companies. It was the state itself. It wasn't ready for four, five, six days of freezing. That's the issue. But adding on top of that, Texas did not prepare for its massive increase in population. Sadly, a lot of it coming from New York. But 
that increase in population, they didn't increase their natural gas uh, pipelines. They didn't do that. So they had a lot of issues that all came together to make this thing fall apart. The advantage of the decentralized, you know, localized distribution companies is that someone can get energy. That's an advantage. The disadvantage is there wasn't a the equivalent of insurance for when the gouging would happen. And that's what they have to do. Have the equivalent of state insurance, which is going to be covered by some fiduciary, to purchase up the gas at a price that makes the LDCs happy and the financial institution happy and people can get their energy. On top of that, they have to be prepared for a six-day or seven-day freeze, not just in energy, but also in water. They aren't prepared for that. Not at all. And they've got to be able to bring more energy into Texas in a more efficient way. And they couldn't. And one of the one of the reasons is, obviously the substations, but also a bunch of other people are freezing too. So they're not ready. And that's our issue. They're unable to make that work. We're going to have a similar problem. And one of the reasons is renewable energies like wind and solar, really hard, if not impossible, to dispatch. Very hard. Particularly when they're not working. Really hard then. So that's the issue we're working with. And I hope that was clearer in understanding what actually went wrong, or has gone wrong in Texas, and some solutions to repair it. That's the critical piece. I can't just go, bad Texas. I've got to say, here's what actually happened, and here's how we can fix it. It can be repaired. And it isn't only deregulation. It isn't only capitalism. It isn't only government. It was the whole, excuse me, it was the whole system. And we shouldn't say, green energy's bad, or green energy's good, or government bad, or government good. Well, government is bad. That, that part's true. But we shouldn't just say that. That is a simplified way of using a tragedy to create yet another wedge issue and to go left and right. And to say, see, these guys on the right, they're dumb, they're terrible. Oh, see these guys on the left, they're forcing green energy down our gut and they're bad and terrible. And the reality of it is, it was a system-wide issue that was run by a nonprofit, not the market or government, and government failed, and the market gouged because it didn't have insurance. So, yes, everyone gets to fail. See that? I'm not sure that's good or not. But anyway, I wanted you guys to see how that was working. Let me grab a couple more comments if I could. All right. Um, This I love. Amanda says, we've been sharing our how to keep warm when you're poor tips for our southern friends. Yes. Thank you. This is what I'm talking about. Stepping up and helping each other. I love that. Um, Drew says here, uh, have power right now. There was a tweet from this morning that said Denton County will now have power and it shouldn't be going out anymore. The advantage, Drew, of this, and there's a lot of disadvantage, but the advantage is now Texas is coming up with procedures and protocols to fix this. That is the only advantage here, right? And they're going to jump on board. The, the advantage of Texas having such a massive energy industry is they can't be down. They've got to get back up. And the government and all the workers are going to make this a priority. There is the advantage. I know it's not a great advantage, but it is one. So, all right. Um, also, 
Tell me you're going to run when they, when they impeach Cuomo. If they impeach Cuomo, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I don't think they're going to, but that would be great. So um, I don't get why help is not being sent. Biden has said nothing. Other states normally run to help other states. They literally do not even have food in stores. I've seen my friend's picks. It is a problem, and I'll tell you why, Michelle. Number one, as I mentioned earlier, it's hard to send energy into Texas because of that substation issue. But not just that. The weather's terrible. Literally, it's hard to get people physically there, right? They've got car pileups and accidents and unplowed roads, and all the states north of them are, are battered just as hard. So I think these are the reasons why. But I do think Biden should have said more, as, as I often think he should. Um, he is a more compassionate speaker than Trump. I think that's true. He speaks with more empathy. But he's not great. It's not great. He, he, I wish he would take advantage of what image he was trying to portray. Biden was trying to portray this image of, I care, I'm empathetic. He's not doing a great job. Don't get me wrong. Nicer than Trump. Trump was a much harder-edged guy, no question. Biden's nicer, but I'm not really impressed. I think you're right. Absolutely. Uh, substations create jobs. That's true, too. Let's stop building some substations. I love that. I love that. Excellent. Yes. So, all right, here. Um, they are not ready for this, just like we are not prepared for a hurricane. My house in a hurricane would be toothpicks, but I, but I can weather a winter storm just fine. It's another great point. I, I agree. Yes. If that happened in Vegas, we would all die super bad infrastructure, too many people. Only thing we got lines are underground. Yes. Look, New York has problems too. I'm going to explain them after the break, and I'm going to give you the answers so that we can solve this now. So that when we fail a year from now, I can do I told you so. Plot's terrible. I hope I'm wrong and people listen to me. Larry Sharp, here on A Free Solution, 585-346-3000. Back after the break. Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website. There hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals but don't take my word for it they've won the best in rochester eight years in a row and have an a-plus better business bureau rating if your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals give the professionals at simple tech innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182 that's 585-200-3182 simple tech innovations a free solution. 
Hey everybody, so happy you are back and giving me more of your afternoon. I appreciate it. Larry Sharp here on a free solution. W-Y-S-L Rochester, W-E-N-Y, E-N-I, Elmiran Corning, The Patriot, W-A-C-K in Newark, New York. I've been speaking a lot about Texas. I want to talk about New York too because we're on our way here and I want to make sure that we're ready and we've repaired. Let me grab a quick call if I can. I have uh, Gene from Rochester. How are you, sir? Good. How are you doing, Larry? I'm doing great. Larry, I, I, I do work for a utility in Rochester, and mm-hmm. um, I know you said it wasn't anyone's true fault. It could be this, it could be that, but it really boils down to the deregulation because when deregulation came in and they made it sound like it was for the people, it really wasn't. It was for the corporations so utilities could be bought or sold for profit, and they, we used to have a thing that was called PUCA. You may know it, a public utility. Yep. Uh, whatever that's, I forget what the initials stand for. But they they made sure that we were prepared for a, like a hundred year storm that comes every hundred years, and that um, you made sure that the water was pumped and you had gas and electric and sewer and everything else. And the the problem is because the profit is there now. There's no investment in the grid anymore. It's all uh, Hold about on. Are profit. you talking about in New York or are you talking about in Texas or the country? I can only speak – well, I'm, I'm talking about everywhere with the deregulation. Okay. I mean, it's supposed to be for the people. You know, so it sounds good. You know, you, you're not regulated. You can buy your gas or electric from right. wherever you want, you know. But it really – it really all it did was open the market up for corporations to buy, buy these – utilities or whatever and make a profit off of it and i think your point is a valid point and i want to cover the aspect that you bring this up thank you made me realize that i didn't communicate clearly the problem is there is a non-profit in between government and between the greedy corporations to your point right there is something in between so there's no one that's really responsible except for the nonprofit, which is kind of a government organization, but not. But what if instead, when the corporations wanted to have deregulation, the government said, all right, fine. You want to be deregulated? Great. If stuff collapses, you are financially responsible. You are financially responsible. That's the part that's missing. If right. all of a sudden right. now there had to be insurance for all of that, if all of a sudden now associations were responsibility were responsible for that, that would change it. Right now, they're right, not responsible. Well, right, but the, like in Texas, like one thing you got to do, especially with utilities, you got to be proactive. You can't be yeah. reactive. And now this is what happened in Texas. They waited for it to happen. They reacted. Now it's a little too late. Yes, I'm agreeing with you. The other issue, though, is the assumption is if there was more government oversight that that wouldn't have happened. And I would argue that if yeah, no one is responsible, then it still doesn't happen, whether government's in charge or not. Mm-hmm. Do you think I'm wrong? No, I don't think you're wrong, but we got enough government in our lives, I think. I don't think we need any more. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you 100%. Brother, we're on the same page. I'm glad you said that because obviously I didn't communicate clearly. My point in having a fiduciary in involved in this is if fiduciaries screw up, they go to jail. The individuals go to jail. They don't get to hide 
behind the corporate veil. So once that happens, they tend to be much more involved and they say, I'm not going to write that big check. I'm not going to let you screw things up because then I'm on the hook. And then they wind up by default keeping people more in line. It's not a hundred percent accountable. Then they'll do what they want to do. Absolutely. We have to keep somebody accountable with our current system. No one's really accountable. All I'm seeing is everybody point the finger, which is why I was trying to explain how so many people failed and that we could put a system in that would make people more accountable. Well, nice talking to you, Larry. You're a smart man. Thank you, Gene. I appreciate it, brother. So let me now go to New York. New York is not the same in Texas, obviously. New York doesn't have the substation issue. We can easily bring energy in and out. So that's an advantage when it comes to New York. We do have an advantage. The disadvantage is we actually import about 30% of all our energy. We're not self-sufficient. Most of it comes from Pennsylvania. So we're importing. You might say, well, why do you care? Because now we're reliant upon Pennsylvania being good. And to Gene's point, what if Pennsylvania has no one accountable and Pennsylvania gets a deep freeze and collapses? They're full of natural gas and they collapse, liquefied natural gas. Where are we going to get our energy from? 30% goes away overnight? That's not good. Now, add on top of that, a give or take 7% of our energy in New York State uh, comes from renewables. Well, what happens when we get a deep freeze and that shuts down? Now, 7% by itself, not the end of the world. But now 7% plus 30%. Now we got a problem. But I'm still not done. We're shutting down Indian Point Nuclear Power Plant. That's about another 7%. Now, all of a sudden, we're talking about 44% of our energy gone in a deep freeze. Now, does that mean everyone's freezing? Maybe. I don't know. The issue we're going to have is not only is, it, is there a deep freeze problem, but we have another issue. Summer. We have both. Are we ready for both of those? And we don't have any of those things that I talked about earlier. If the prices go up, the prices go up. That's it. If it's going to cost you a thousand bucks a month to heat your home or to keep your you know home cool, then I guess you're going to be hot or cold because that's what's going to cost. There's no way around that. So we do have a problem with importing so much of our energy. And we do have a problem with closing the nuclear power plant with no answer. Because what New York State also has not done is it hasn't increased the grid. Gene's right. We haven't improved the grid. Gene's right. We also don't have new ways of bringing in more natural gas. We don't have more stations that bring in more from either New England or Canada us bringing in energy from Canada is virtually non-existent. I mean, it exists, but it's virtually non-existent because that takes federal, it takes Biden to say we can do it. And we don't want to do that. I don't know why. De Blasio actually wants to do that, but that's because of his cronies. But besides the point, we're not ready for this. And what is New York State pushing? Only one thing. Renewables, solar and wind. That's all we're pushing. I'm not against solar and wind. I'm against pushing only solar and wind. That's a problem. That is a problem. And what happens when the summer hits 
And this is the first summer that we're going to have without our nuclear power plant, without Indian Point nuclear power plant. 7% gone. And what happens in our world if our grid goes down? Our grid's massive. Remember the blackout we had? Was it 2003? Remember that? One thing collapsed, everything went down. Everyone got mad at Texas. That doesn't happen in Texas. Multiple grids. If anything, we should decentralize more. And to Gene's point, have more accountability. We don't have that. There are ways of repairing this. We can do it. We're not. Step number one, short term. We got to have more, build more substations. Now, I may say, Larry, I don't want to build any more substations. That's going to cost a lot of money. We're already broke. New York State is broke. So what do you think I'm going to say? You know me. All my solutions are free. So what am I going to do? We're going to sponsor that by energy companies and or home renovation companies. Yes, we're going to make a Home Depot substation. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, they get to have it. They get to own it. No worries. I'm sorry, leasing rights. They get the, the naming rights. They lease them out. And we get another substation, which will allow us to bring more energy in, not just from Pennsylvania, but from New England and Canada. Because if one of them freezes out, the odds are all three won't. If they're all freezing out, we're in trouble. But assuming they don't all freeze out, we need more to be able to come in from all three. Multiple sources of bringing energy in. Texas does not have that. It's probably not going to have that. We can have that. And it can be done for free and relatively quickly. That is a short-term answer. A longer-term answer is natural gas lines. We need more natural gas lines in New York State. I know people don't like that. I know they fight it. But it's an answer. We need more energy, not less. Particularly if we start bringing a whole lot more people in with cryptocurrency and each household starts doing their own thing. Yes. And last, nuclear energy. We need to have nuclear energy in our state. More and more and more. It is clean. It is safe. Gen 4 is the answer. You keep hearing about it, and they're right. Gen 4 is the answer. We want Gen 4 nuclear energy in our state. And we have space for it. North Country. Lots of jobs. Cool jobs. Sexy jobs. Taxpayer jobs. Life is good. Let's make that happen. We can solve this. There was, again, as always, for New York, a free solution. Larry Sharp. On a free solution, 585-346-3000. Back after the break. This is Kevin Wilson, the host of A Free Solution. If you're enjoying this episode right now, you think that me and Larry Sharp are providing good content to you, I'd appreciate you doing us a favor. We have a Patreon now. If you go to patreon.com slash a free solution, pledge to donate five, ten dollars a month, just a, a few bucks a week. And this helps us create new content, hire better researchers, get better guests, and Helps us stay on air, too, because it's not totally free to be on the air. Give $5, $10 a month to our Patreon. And as a reward, we also give you exclusive early access to some of our episodes and 
bonus content as well, stuff that you will no longer be able to find on the podcast. So go to patreon.com slash a free solution to support our show and make sure that me and Larry Sharp can give you the best content possible. Thanks. A free solution. It is Larry Sharp here on A Free Solution, WYSL, Rochester, New York, W-E-N-Y-E-N-I, Elmira Corning, the Patriot, and W-A-C-K, Newark, New York, 585-346-3000. Follow us on Facebook. In fact, follow me on Facebook and YouTube on either A Free Solution. Yes, we have that cool show just for me and the ultra-savvy Kevin Wilson, who is here Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or follow me on Sharpway, and you can watch my cool shows at night, whatever is good for you. Let me grab some comments. I know we have a bunch that are popping up. So Aaron says, this was a highly unprecedented weather event. Yes, here in Louisiana, we were hit, but not nearly as bad. Still having energy issues. It's late February. Last year, I was in a t-shirt at this time. Aaron, you trying to rub it in? I got snow in my front yard. And you're talking trash. Come on. I'm kidding. I love Aaron. But his his point is a valid one, right? How much time and energy do you want to put in place for an event like this? And I don't really have the answer. I mean, Texas Texans have to decide. To Gene's point earlier, I'm glad he was someone who's in the industry. He's like, we got to prepare for a 100-year, you know, problem, a 100-year storm. Maybe that's the rule. Maybe the rule is 100 years. And again, my point is, if no one's responsible, if no one's accountable, no one does it. I'd like to create a system to where someone's accountable, and I would rather it not be government. Because when government's accountable, usually they dodge. We see that in New York all the time. And if they don't dodge, their answer is always, give me more taxpayer money. So even if they accept responsibility, their answer is, give me more taxpayer money. But if we have a fiduciary, a large organization, in theory a nonprofit, but the ones we have now are kind of government, so it doesn't really work. If we have someone else responsible, they can actually use the actuaries. They have tons of actuaries. And they can do the numbers and go, what are the odds of this happening? And what's the dollars we should spend? And go back and forth. And if we don't assign a fiduciary, we just say there has to be one. Then they will even compete to decide what the right regulations and rules they should have to keep it safest for them. Is that a perfect answer? No, it's not. It's just better than government. That's what it is. It's better than government. Because if it fails, we don't pay even more. If it fails, they pay and have to fix it. And the next group that comes in They have to repair and fix it versus us getting hammered, no one being in in, having responsibility and then us having to pay more money because that's what's going to happen in Texas. No one's going to really be responsible. The government's going to pay more money and people are suffering. So while my idea is not perfect, it's better than what we got. And that's what I'm trying to achieve. So thank you for rubbing it in, Aaron. Yes. All right. Um, Paula says you could build your campaign around your energy policy. I've got tons of policies, guys. It's all I ever do. I constantly give you answers that wind up being better answers. All the stuff I've talked about last year, all coming to pass now. 
How many times do you see me do an I told you so show? Like every other week, I'm doing one. This one I think will also happen. I think it's true. Amanda asks, is everyone sharing Larry's videos to their Facebook page? Yeah. Is everybody? These live streams and conversations are gold, and more people need to hear the ideas presented here. Thank you, Amanda. I appreciate the, uh, the positive vibes. Michelle says, why are we importing when we have the falls right here in our state plus tons of windmills? Yes, Michelle. Yes, I'm with you. But I'll go even further. Now, some people will be upset about using hydro, hydropower because they're worried about affecting the environment. And I get that. There is definitely some merit to that. And we have to have conversations before we decide how to make that happen. So there is some of that. It's true. But it doesn't mean it can't be done. Particularly if we lease it out again. You guys know I love my leasing ideas. I do. Because once someone can get a benefit from it, they think differently about it. Right? There are ways of moving water, shifting water, keeping the environment going right, and then moving a piece off, and all different types of ideas that we could use with our hydroelectric power. Can't be done. Government's never going to do it. Too expensive. Not going to do it. So they go, oh, too expensive, environmental problems, not touching it. Not touching it. But again, we have an investment. There are companies that literally drop billions of dollars a year on investments. They might. But even without that, I talked about nuclear. North country, full of space for nuclear power plants. And people need jobs up there that aren't government jobs, right? Nuclear power plants, what a wonderful thing to do. North country, we could ship energy to Canada and New England. New England does need energy often. New England could become our customer for energy. I'm with you completely. Yes. Uh, the problem is the environmentalists are the reason why we, uh, they know they don't know how to maintain energy. Uh, Ed, that's, it's a valid question. But we can work with environmentalists. I don't, I don't want to attack them. Environmentalists, the, most of them, they have the best interests of the state or the country or the environment or the earth in their hearts. They do. Most of them do. I mean, there are some bad people. There always are. But the average environmentalist actually cares. I think we can do both. We can create an environment that can keep both people happy. I talked about it when I ran for a governor about having an EVU, an Environmental Victims Unit, literally in Albany, so that we can actually hold people accountable. The problem, and wow, Gene, you were so prescient. It was so good that you were doing this. There's no one accountable for this either. Environmental disasters, no accountability. If you have accountability for environmental disasters, you will have less environmental disasters. You create an environmental victims unit in Albany that is literally out there to find out who was wrong and who to punish and and who to charge to get money from, you'll have less of them. That makes environmentalists happy. They want environmental justice. Let's give them that and let's build stuff. We can do both. We can do both. So I agree what you're saying. There's an answer for that too. And that's making that compromise, punishing those people who make the error and still allowing us to build. I think we can do both of those. Absolutely. So, all right. Um, I like the Home Depot substation idea, but I had the thought, why haven't corporations like this stepped up already? They definitely have the resources that your average person doesn't. What stands in the way? Yes, government and culture. Government refuses to allow my ideas. 
I've had these ideas for years. They will do it. They do it for stadiums all the time. So why not for this? Domino's Pizza fixes potholes. This is not a crazy idea. Government gets in the way. Government culture gets in the way. We can still have accountability without government. We can still have people taking responsibility without government. We can still have safety without government. You are correct. I love that. Absolutely. So um, holding people accountable. This wacky country has been running away from that. Valerie, yes, I wish you were wrong, but you are right. Absolutely. I want people to make that happy to happen. I completely, I completely agree. Um, I'm probably late to the party, but have you heard any valid complaints from environmentalists about nuclear? Um, yes, they're worried. They're scared. But I think Gen 4 can make that okay. What did I talk about today, guys? I'm sorry. I started with Texas, explaining the details on what went wrong. It wasn't black and white. And I gave you some solutions. I then showed you what could happen in New York State in the future. And I gave you some solutions. I gave you free solutions. Yes, I did. We want New York to be powerful and strong and good. I hope you'll follow me. Thank you for giving me a part of your afternoon. I'll see you soon.